What is going on, guys? This is Jamie Kane, the host and founder of Liberty Uninterrupted. What's going on, guys? My name is Logan Carpenter, uh, here with uh, Against the Mob podcast. Matt Billingsley, one half against the mob, coming at you. That's right. I am excited. So for everybody listening, this is a little bit different of an episode because here we have, if you're watching on YouTube, we have the Liberty Uninterrupted and Against the Mob in collaboration with creating what we call the Sovereignty Network. And so just a real fast explanation, me and the boy, the Liberty Bros. Uh, oh, yeah, you point at the at the bat. I don't know how to do the logo that. there. Point at the bat <laughs> the, or our, our logo. But uh, me and the boy, the Liberty Bros over at, uh, uh, you know, Against the Mob, we've been talking a little bit about wanting to create a network of podcasts and blogs and just creators, you know, from whatever arena that are focused on extending and progressing the Liberty movement in, in all forms. And so this is a voluntary association of, like I said, of creators and we're the flagship podcasts that are part of the Sovereignty Network. We we started the Sovereignty Network, and we're hoping to bring in more podcasts, blogs, creators, all for the all for liberty. That's that's our mantra here: is for liberty in the Sovereignty Network, and that's kind of where we're all together. So um, Matt is going to lead us off with a discussion about some stuff that we've talked about recently as we kind of break down what the Sovereignty Network is, what, what we want it to be, and uh, how you can get involved as well. Yeah, so this comes from a uh, recent experience that I had. I was having drinks with uh, with a former coworker. She's moved on to another job, um, but we're still we're still all friends. And so I met up with her and like six other people, and we're just chatting, having a good time. And always politics comes up, right? This person, I would call her a blue pilled person, right? As as much as I love her, she's a blue pilled person, and I saw her violently reject our efforts to red pill her. We started talking about inflation. We started talking about things like universal basic income. We started talking about things like taxes, all of that stuff. And she shut down, didn't want to hear anything that we had to say. That's fine because Logan and mine, um, our mantra for against the mob is people over politics. And I'm a firm believer in that. We can disagree and we can go on our merry way. I don't think any less of her. I just know that I'm not going to waste my oxygen anymore about those particular conversations, which got me thinking about the matrix, because when we use this term blue pill and red pill, oftentimes I use it as this over encompassing. Well, anybody who does isn't like going down the Liberty Road is a blue pilled person. But then I realized that that's that's almost uh, there's a it's an incorrect way of looking at it, because bear with me as I go down this. Um, in the matrix, right? Neo is presented the option to have the blue or red pill after he has already started to seek out truth. He doesn't wake up and take a blue pill every single morning. And most people in the matrix aren't waking up and taking the blue pill. And so I had this revelation that, okay, it's like a blue pill person isn't someone who doesn't know about the ideas of liberty, hasn't, um, gone down the the journey of individual sovereignty and personal responsibility and property rights and all of that stuff. A blue-pilled person is someone who has had these ideas presented to them and then rejects it. And then a red-billed person is someone who has gone down these and accepts it. And then that got me realizing that there's an awful lot of people that haven't even started their, their journey towards quote-unquote truth. You know, I use that loosely um, in the Matrix metaphor. And so the whole idea of Sovereignty Network that kind of gave us focus to be able to merge our focus of Against the Mob People over politics and Jamie's um, 
focus of Liberty Uninterrupted, a libertarian method to overcome in the state. That gave us a direction to focus the Sovereignty Network. We want to be able to get in front of people that have never even heard the ideas of liberty, personal responsibility, self-sovereignty. And when they start that journey, we are here to help them take the red pill. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not always a conscious decision, like you're saying. And there are those who consciously choose the blue pill, that they see what's outside of the matrix, so to speak. They see kind of the ugly side of uh, government and they come to the wrong conclusion, essentially, in our minds, where they decide that maybe if I had control over this thing, it would go correctly, whereas it has gone awry uh, in every other amalgamation of what a state is. Um, and that's uh, something we're really trying to focus on and another part of what this is. I mean, all of us are passionate. All of us think of ourselves as articulate, well-spoken men who'd like to get paid full-time someday to do so. But what we're really here to do is try to share what we think is the most beautiful and succinct political ideology that's ever existed. And we want to spread that beautiful thing to the world. Yeah. And, and I will, I'll say this, that it's important to understand that in, in creating the sovereignty network that, you know, I, I've recently started using the phrase anti-politics with Liberty Uninterrupted because I believe that culture is more important than politics. And we know that politics, uh, you know, runs downstream of culture, right? And that's what the Sovereignty Network is for me. And Matt, when you were talking, I kind of, this light bulb just kind of came on. I hadn't really thought about this in, in depth yet, but I, I think it's it rings true for me and hopefully for y'all as well that, you know, this is about creating the culture of liberty. This is about creating the culture of individual uh, you know, sovereignty, creating the culture of, you know, wanting to, you know, not hurt people and not take their stuff, like wanting to be self-reliant and understanding that the best course of action for all humankind is a life that where the state is at the very least minimalized to just protecting the non-aggression principle. Right. And uh, the only way we're going to get there is by it is by winning the culture is by helping other creators see that they, they should have, and they should participate in the movement. And so we wanted to give a voice. We wanted to give a platform to where we could not necessarily like, I don't want to say like, you know, recycle an audience, but pull from audiences, give a platform that's already established with against the mob with Liberty uninterrupted and for new people coming on board and show them like, Hey, like, we want you to succeed. This isn't a competition. This is a, this is an effort altogether to progress the movement of liberty as individuals and as a tribe of liberty loving people to win the culture and to show people this is the best course of action. And it's all in Logan, like you said, it's the it's the best political system. It's also just the best human system. And it's simply the best human system to be individually free and to embrace individualism uh, as a whole, as a society, even especially outside of politics. Right. Not only is it the most fair way to organize society and maybe political systems, the wrong terminology to use, because it is kind of at its core anti-political, of course. But what we're trying to advocate here is for freedom, for for your rights, for what we think is the fairest way for all of us to have our own pursuit of happiness in life. But also, uh, I would think all of us probably agree when you really dive into what the free markets are, the forces that decide pricing uh, within the market and the way that people interact with each other, that we think this is probably the best way to keep the money in everybody's own pockets as well. Right, right, right. And I, I think this is, um, and maybe I think I'm stealing this from, uh, is this Lennon? Each of their own according according to their means. Um, that's Lennon, isn't it? Um, because when, I don't know. 
when I think about that, I, think, I really think that's like a communist slogan. I don't want to like lead with that, but at the same time, Man, we got to like, start this over. <laughs> what, I guess uh, to, to spin it the way that I see it, when it comes to the sovereignty network, our goal is to create this umbrella for anybody that has a passion and wants to get in the fight to actually get in the fight. So if you want to write to the blog, like Jamie said, Perfect. Here's a platform. If you want to start a podcast, we are super open to helping you get going. You know, um, Logan and I have, we've only done 13 episodes. Jamie's a little bit ahead of us. None of us are, none of us are like Dave Smith professional type podcaster. So it can be this learning experience. But the whole idea of this is that we want to open this up to anybody that is interested in progressing the ideas of liberty, because we need all hands on deck. This is not going to happen with Jamie Logan and I talking into a microphone once or twice a week. This isn't going to happen with four or five blog writers contributing. You know, we're going to have to have anybody that's interested. And that's the whole point is that we want to open this up. We truly believe in free markets. We truly believe in in volunteerist um, and consensual acts. And so that's what we want to do. We want to open this up and actually practice what we preach. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I'm glad that you brought that up because it is, we're here to help, man. Like it's, at the end of the day, this, you know, Logan, you talked about how we all would love to do this professionally someday. And that's honestly, that's my goal. I've told people very openly that I would love to transform Liberty and interrupt into a, a viable business where literally I spend my entire time talking to this microphone, creating content for the blog, for the YouTube and, and, and progressing the the ideals of, of liberty and self-sovereignty. Um, and with that being said, though, like this can't be, and this is not like a competition. It's not like when you guys came to me and said, hey, we're thinking about starting a podcast. You got any tips or whatever? It was like, yeah, dude, let's freaking get this thing figured out. And, and I've had other people that have helped me when I got started, not so much with this podcast, but my original podcast all about entrepreneurship. I mean, I've reached out to people. They help boost me up. And that's what we want to do here at the Sovereignty Network is if you want to create a blog or if you want to write for a blog, if you want to create your own podcast, if you want to do, I don't know, a YouTube channel, like any of that stuff, man, just like reach out and, and know that you can't be a part of the Sovereignty Network. And we are help, here to help you as a collection, not a collective, but a collection of individuals who are dedicated to the cause of liberty and helping one another doing so. Right. And I think it was an interesting point you brought up earlier and kind of vaulting off the conversation that you two guys had uh, about what our responsibility is and as far as kind of co-signing the state by running for office or by uh, adding <laughs> grease to the gears that is this political system. Um, and that was something as I was listening to it. <laughs> Big debate. Dude, I, was, I, thought I thought it was, pretty pretty that was the best episode, man. I thought a lot of people reached yeah. out to that was their favorite episode so far. Right on. I, I would say I enjoyed it. I was sitting there screaming in the own, my back of my own head listening to it because I felt like Matthew missed one of the more important parts that I thought was the case for somebody to run for political office as a libertarian. And you actually brought it up, Jamie. So kudos to you for, for saying it. But <laughs> For arguing my point. For arguing the point that Matthew <laughs> right, was I did not to. do my job, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did the exact opposite of what I was aiming to do. Right. Terrible debate strategy, but a, a <laughs> totally conceived point that you made. Why do I have uh, to be so freaking unbiased? I suck, dude. That's, that's <laughs> well, hey, I mean, that's part of what uh, we, we at least maybe in our own that's a good hubris, thing, right? But, Right. But at least what we believe led us to libertarianism is that objective ideology and, and understanding what fairness yeah. is and what uh, people should and should not be able to infringe into in your life. Uh, but back to my point, uh, what you brought up about Ron Paul, that, um, you know, this is a game where we're all trying to 
wrestle away this perceived power that these people who rule over us have. And if we're going to do that in a non-political way, it's going to be really important that we build a community. And like you said, a culture that we get America to understand that it deserves to be free and that it doesn't deserve to have masters anymore. Um, and I think that's exactly why it is important to have some of these people who are libertarians in the political realm, even if it's just to get us on the debate stage to create the next Ron Paul that can inspire those people. Um, so I, I think that's a, a big part of what we're trying to do moving forward is we really need to get the message out there. And, and that comes in any shape and form. I think we can get it out there short of being hellfire and brimstone and turning people off to it. Uh, I yeah. think there's something. Well, and, and that's kind of to our point of people over politics is you don't want to just scream this at people because you do have to convert people. And, and I've never uh, never had somebody scream in my face that I thought was making a good point. Well, I do want to say this, too, that it's uh, it's it's important to understand that our message is a message of uh, of hope. Right. Like, I, I think you see a lot of, you know, anarchists or, or uh, you, know, you know, volunteers, libertarians, like classical liberals, where it's just kind of like it's it's a very like I know on my Instagram page, like most of my content is like, you know, not, you know, not the messages are dark, but the, the aesthetic is dark. Like I purposely did that because I wanted the movement to feel robust. Right. Um, but with that being said, the messages, the quotes that I personally post on my own Instagram for the podcast, they're, they're, they're messages of understanding, but a lot of their messages of hope, like the message of Liberty is not, it should, I mean, sometimes it doesn't even fire burn. Sometimes it needs to be in your face, send your eyebrows. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like get up there, feel the heat a little bit, but I mean, it is a message of like, of what we can have me and Matt talked about that, you know, before it's like, we had to talk about what we can gain. Like we can, it's not like you're, you're not losing, you know, welfare. You're gaining the ability to live a life more fully that isn't dependent on the state. Right. Like that's just right. as an example. I mm -hmm. think we have to, we in the Liberty movement need to be optimistic and positive where I know things look bleak right now for sure. And I mean, they are, I mean, we're Biden signed 50 something executive orders. Like, he, he just signed an order today saying that, you know, taxpayers have to fund transgender transitioning in the military, even if you don't agree with that, you know, and, uh, you know, for religious folks or whoever. And it's just like, yeah, it, it doesn't look like a great time if you're anti-state, but it, it, optimists or, or pessimists never win the battles. It, the pessimists never are the ones that gain traction. It is the optimists and the hopeful, even if you are realistically hopeful. You still need to be optimistic and uh, and and be a, a light on the hill, you know. If we're gonna it, it, as a biblical reference, right? So yeah, I really like that, and I've been diving into. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Michael Malice, and I'm really excited about his next book, which is the, the White Pill, because we have the the Blue Pill, which Whoa. is you know going back into yeah, yeah right no 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 hear me out hear me out hear me out we, we're, we're not can we're not canceling Michael Malice no no no, no um, Michael Malice is the best so you so you have the Blue Pill. Um, which is, you know, like we say that someone who subscribes to status bullshit and propaganda, you have mm -hmm. the red pill that we use that someone who has opened their eyes to the ideas of liberty, but in, in Camus and cause he's a big Camus person. And that's got me really reading because I have the myth, of, what is it? the myth of Sisyphus right here that I've been rereading because there is something to be said about finding hope, but his whole, uh, for Camus, the worst thing is cynicism, which is taking the black pill, and that is giving up all hope, and that is just relegating yourself to the fact that there's nothing that we can ever do, and so Michael Malice's next book is going to be The White Pill, which is that there is hope, that if you look at history, that. if you look at 
where we are, even though that, yes, there's a lot of things that are wrong today, we have been making a steady progression that has made the world and standards of living better for everybody year after year after year after year. People always, you know, because I'm a big history buff, people are like, what year would you ever want to live in? history. It's like, I don't want to go back in history. You know, it's like, yeah, I like to play jazz music, but I don't want to be a jazz musician in 1920. No way. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to live in the forties, the good old days, so I can get drafted up and be used as cannon fodder on the shores of some island I can't pronounce. You know, I don't want to live in any of the, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to live in any other time period. And I think that that's something that that we all three of us are very focused on is providing that message of hope that yes we have a hell of a road in front of us and the battle has just began but we have an opportunity to make this world better and if jamie logan and i can leave this world just a tiny bit freer than when we found it well then that's time well served because life is you know as camus says it is the absurdity of life we are the absurd man and the only purpose is to find your purpose and to promote it to your to the fullest that you can and i think that all three of us have found that in liberty i think you made an interesting point there of the uh the nihilistic versus having a little more hope now. And and I was really also turned by Michael Malice on the same idea where it, the momentum is bad right now. It's definitely headed in a way that has become larger and larger state. And it's been that way for a long time, whether you vote red or blue, they, they seem to have the same agenda of uh, bombing children in the middle East and, and growing the American empire uh, and executive power. But we also live in the day where propaganda has become more difficult. There's so much out there on the internet and they're trying to flood it to kind of, that's the new strategy. It seems like is let's just flood it with so much information that you can't purse it out. But this cathedral, this state deep state apparatus that's been growing and growing has never been more exposed than it is right now. And I think that's the great gift that Donald Trump gave us. I'm no fan of him, but when he, first of all, won an election, that's the first time in my life that I took the white pill because I was very much so a black pill person. I had, never voted in my life because I didn't think they were counting the votes. I didn't think it mattered. I was like, they're putting in whoever the hell they want to. And this is all just a sham. Uh, and then when Trump got in there, I went, well, that was not the plan. So something's going on behind the scenes here. Maybe they are counting some votes. Um, and I think that he hopefully woke up all of America and you can kind of see it now, even with, uh, with Biden, I've, I've been uh, at least kind of reserved optimism about how people have stayed paying attention to it. That I, I think maybe Trump finally shook the, the tree enough that people are paying attention to politics to realize that, Hey, just cause your team color one doesn't mean that everything going on in this government's an awesome thing. hundred percent. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all that. I think you guys made a lot of interesting points because it, uh, it, it, sh- it shows this, that Amer- Americans are waking up. I mean, if you look at, if you look at 2012 when Ron Paul ran, I mean, his grassroots, movement. I mean, I think he pulled third and, and sometimes at first before the media started kind of ignoring him. And obviously mm-hmm. we know, you know, we know the rest of the story. Right. Um, but with that being said, like there are grassroots um, liberty loving individuals throughout this country. I do think we're a minority, but I, I think we're only a minority because there aren't more people out there 
having the conversations, doing what we're doing, uh, winning the culture. I think Ron Paul created it. I mean, he did create that the whole revolution with like the love in it. You know, like he created a culture of loving liberty, of loving freedom, and understanding like the state is not the good guy. Like, the government is not your friend, right? And we and, and I don't think that's gone away. There's a spirit of rebellion. There's a spirit of liberty in this country. I don't think, like I said, I think it's a minority of people, but that doesn't mean that people can't be, you know, uh, awakened. And, and Matt, when he, when we were talking the other day and kind of you know, solidifying what the sovereignty network was going to be and how we were going to do things, he brought up that example to me of the red pill and the blue pill. And it really, I never thought about that because you, know, you think not everybody's been given the option to take one of those pills. And, you know, mm-hmm. some people... They, they are given the option. Do you want to go back to sleep knowing what you know and just and just be OK with being a slave? Or do you want to take the red pill and see things for what they are and progress the movement? Right. And then there's a but the majority of people have Morpheus has never showed up to their door. They haven't been mm-hmm. given the option. And our job isn't to Matt and I talked about this the other day. I'm sure, Logan, you agree that our job isn't to red pill the blue pill people sure no doubt there will be some people that come over to our side that see it i think you see a lot of people like dave rubin for instance is the first example that pops up. i mean he's not fully libertarian by any means and, and or, but he was a hard i mean the dude was on young turks and now he you know what i'm saying now he considers himself more of a libertarian right so there are some examples but our, our job and, and when i say our job i mean all of us in the liberty movement um need, need you to understand that it's to present the each of us has these pills. We can all present them. And my and my hope is that as we do this, the sovereignty network, as you join us, as we continue to progress the movement, that we'll just be inviting people. Because at the end of the day, that's all you can do is invite people to partake of the movement. And it's their choice. They have to use their agency. They have to use their free will because they are an individual to see what side they're going to choose. But it's our job to at least give them or at least not even give them the options, but show them that there are options out there. And that's kind of uh, my goal with this. And I know, Matt, you said something similar as well. Yeah, for sure. And there's um, when you were talking that got another line that I've heard recently. It says, that, you know, one candle can light a thousand candles and still be lit, be that candle. And I've and that one stuck with me. I actually heard it in a song probably like four or five days ago. And it's, um, but that's like a really cool idea, right? That, that we can sit there and that, that we can bring people into the fold, that we can progress this together. And for every candle that we light, that we can go out there and light others. And then that is just a continuation, you know, and it's just this big critical movement towards critical mass because something that I have to keep in mind that we have to remain positive and progress in hope and in love is that the the most consequential and foundational movements of history have never been the majority. It is always a small, fierce minority, for better or for worse. The The Holocaust is perpetrated by 3% of the popula- population of Germany, right? And we all know the evils of that. You're talking about, um, but at the same time, it's the 3% movement that leads the revolution. And there's countless other examples of history that it's not, you don't have to tip it to 51% of the population believes that. We only need a small group of fierce warriors fighting in our own rights, in our own lanes, fighting our own battles to get this message to enough people to start to tip it to critical mass. Hey, you yep. definitely have a point there. And I, I think uh, on that, I, I think there are, a tendency to 
maybe see every voter as a blue pillar. And I, I think that that's a, an important point to make too, that I think this propaganda has been going on for so long and there's such a push from the state for your responsibility to vote, to make sure that you're counted, to make sure that you're doing your civic duty. Um, I think that we definitely need to keep in mind that we don't want to write off every Democrat or Republican voter as a blue pillar. I think there's a lot of people who are lost and I think there are even more people who are voters who haven't diagnosed political ideas at all and that they're basically voting according to zip code or according to their friend group. Um, and I try to really make a focus of that myself. I really like to use the language specifically of the left um, because I think that most Republican voters at their heart kind of are libertarians. They just don't understand that the Republicans are not. They kind of think they're voting for small government and for freedom. Um, and that's where I try to come around to the left where using words like oppression yeah, I believe in oppression. I think we're all oppressed. I think we're oppressed by the greatest apparatus of oppression that's ever existed, and it's called the state. And this is why I'm going to get you out of oppression through these ideas uh, where we can all be our own rulers, have our own ideas. Uh, and I think that um, that's an important concept to keep in mind while we're trying to bring people into this, that we we need to, one, we got to know our shit. You can't be coming into these debates half-assed, which I, I don't think is an issue with any of us. We all seem to to be pretty big dorks about this and, and try to do our fair share of reading for a, a couple what of What are we talking chimps. about? <laughs> <laughs> Where are we at? <laughs> you got me. I, I was about to go right back into it. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was just asking. No, I, uh, no, I, I agree, man. It's, it, I think I, I agree with that point. I also want to say that you don't need to be a – uh, I have two points. So you don't need to be a PhD. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to have like a master's or like, but you do need to understand these concepts because a lot of people on the left and the right specifically, like they just, they're, and this is to Logan's point, they're kind of born into that. Like their, their parents are Democrats or Republicans and they just kind of follow suit or maybe if they're rebellious, they go to the other side, right? But they don't like leave the duopoly. They just stay in the duopoly, just flip sides, you know? And uh, it, it, that, that's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people are born into that and they don't know any better. They haven't, you know, researched and they haven't grown. So the first thing is don't expect you don't have to be the most knowledgeable person in the world, because I'm telling you right now, everyone has somebody that's above them in knowledge and everyone has someone that's above the, below them in knowledge. Not that that makes people better or worse than others, but that does show you that you can help the person below you in knowledge while reaching out for the person above you. And that's kind of how that whole system works. You know, at least I've seen that in my life through the Liberty movement, through, I mean, professional, my professional life, you know, whatever it may be, that's how it seems to always kind of work. And I do. And like I said, I, I don't want to write off like Republicans or Democrats or me because, you know, my dad, I'm not sure if he's going to appreciate me telling the story, but I'm going to tell it anyways, because it's my <laughs> podcast, but or our podcast. But uh, it's, uh, you know, we, my dad was a hardcore, like George Bush dude, like loved George W. Bush was all like, was pumped when he won a second election. And then shortly after his election of his second term, my dad started doing more research and started questioning things. And then, you know, long story short, now he's a total Ron Paul guy, right? Like he's a total, like he hates Bush. He, he sees the military industrial complex. Like he taught me a lot of stuff that I know about the Liberty movement, right? And he opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. And uh, so like, it, that's what I'm saying. Like people can't move, they can't pivot. But once again, my dad was presented with the option. Are you just going to keep, you know, are you just going to vote for the next Bush or, or are you going to take this red pill because you've been offered the option and then continue to learn and to grow, which he has done, right? So that's that's just an example of my own personal life. And and I know that for myself too, right? Because I was I liked Mitt Romney originally. And then when I found Ron Paul, I was like, 
oh no, the, Mitt Romney sucks. This guy's awesome, right? Like that's you know, it, it was, <laughs> that's that's like how, how stupid was that for like it was like for like a week. I was like, yeah, Mitt Romney's a guy, and then Ron, I started listening to Ron Paul, and I was like, yeah, this is yeah, this is the guy right here. Bro. This, this sounds so, like what I've been looking for. The, yeah, I think right, it's like really encouraging though to hear that about your dad. Like, uh, yeah, you know, we all have man. a tendency to get set in our ways. It it happens to every human being. We calcify our brain at some point and become uh steadfast in our ways so that, that's actually really encouraging to me to hear somebody who could uh especially yeah, a, like a bush years old Republican, you know you know he yeah. was like i think he was like 45 you know when bush won his second term so it's like you know it's it's one of those things that it's not like i said i i thought romney was a dude and it's funny because i i would i consider myself like a constitutional conservative all through high school up until ron paul right and but the thing is like even if i was a constitutional conservative Mitt Romney still wasn't the logical choice in that election, right? But it was right. because I was like voting. I had always like supported, even though I couldn't vote, you know, until like 2012. That like I, you know, it, it, I always supported the Republicans because that's where I, I I figured I lined up. I didn't take the time to research. That's I researched the idea. I didn't research the candidates. And I think a lot of people fall into that camp of they're just voting, and we talk about it all the time. They're just voting for color. They're just voting for the R or the D. They're not voting for the ideas. Right. If they truly looked at the candidates, like if everyone truly read the platforms, I, I don't think anybody would go out and vote. Like, why would you want to vote for the R? Like, I think Ron Paul would have won the nomination and might maybe the presidency. You know what I'm saying? If you just read the platforms, but it's not about that. It's about which team you're cheering for. And I mm-hmm. hopefully we can just get people to say, you know what? Like, I actually do want to understand you know, what's going on. Like, I want to know, you know, and then at least I can make my choice if I'm going to keep with the program or I'm going to, uh, you know, join the, join the Liberty movement. Right. And we're just out here telling you that you should be rooting for the team that you're playing for, which is the citizen, the individual. I was going to yeah. say, where are you taking that, dude? I, I <laughs> that, that's I was like, a good point. You just totally shot down like everything I just said. No, but, uh, <laughs> both of your team. <laughs> no, you're right, dude. Like we all have a we all have a common enemy. That's the state, and like we're right. so busy talking about a civil war that we're not talking about a revolution. And that's, I think that's, that's interesting too, because like you were saying earlier, there's so many people who are woken up to the evils of the state. And there's this huge opportunity to try to grow this movement. And I think, unfortunately, the more momentum of the people who have learned to hate the state has gone into this kind of socialist Democrat area where they don't understand that the evil is not the current amalgamation of the state, but is, in fact, the right of somebody else to coerce you through force to live the life they want you to live. Yeah, those are all good points. And something that Jamie and I talked about earlier when we were trying to figure out how this is going to work, that oftentimes one of the critiques of, you know, libertarianism or individualism or volunteerism or whatever, and wherever you fall in the liberty spectrum, is that we're we're given a bad rap as just like oh so you just want to stand as your own castle and that's all you that's all you care about is your own castle and no that's not the point so the the point of you know volunteerists is that i choose to align with these other castles right because it's not that i'm over here by myself just doing what i want it's that we choose our castles and that we so so we choose the people that we stand in a castle with or we band our castles together to make ourselves stronger and better and for the common goal and so that's just something i do want to push that libertarianism is not about it is let's just forsake the collective 100 percent at you know um 
or push the individual 100% at the sake of the collective. It is that we choose any collective that we are a part of, we choose to be a part of that and we can enter that freely and we can exit that freely. And the, and I think it's important to to distinguish between that's what I like the word tribes because like you know there's tribalism mm-hmm. which I hate but like the the collective you know so but we we pick our tribes but the tribes that we pick allow us to be individuals allow us mm-hmm. to think for ourselves right like the collective movement that is sweeping across this nation and frankly the world right now is join us and if you disagree on any front then you're not a part of this like you're you can't think for yourself you have to have the hive mind you see that like every step of the way if you have any different idea then we're going to cancel you we're going to come after you we're going to dox you like that's that's what it is right now and so it's like we all have our sovereign tribes right we all like if you if you think of yourself as a sovereign kingdom or a sovereign tribe but then the kingdom next to you say hey like i don't want to go to war with you but i want to protect I want us to uh, to be allies and to protect each other from aggression, from theft, from destruction by helping by recognizing each other's sovereignty and how we can't trample on that just because I have a kingdom and you have a kingdom. Like that's not how that works. And so I think recognizing each other's sovereignty and then, and then everyone agreeing to adhere to the non-aggression principle. And that's what we all that's what our tribe is built on and 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 understanding that we all have our individual thoughts and opinions and that's a good thing that's what we're about and so it's i agree i got being in the liberty movement doesn't mean being a lone wolf like that doesn't mean just like i mean sure if you want to go live out in the woods and do your thing yeah do it but if anything ever pops off yeah he's freaking unabomber dude if if anything ever pops off where they're coming after you because you decided to collect rainwater i dude i'm there and 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 voicing my support for you and, and and doing what i can because your sovereignty is now being attacked by the state you know so i want to make the point too because i think that it gets like matt said a bad rap in that it's like forsaking the the greater good for the individual or for forsaking society for the individual or only looking out for number one um but i think the more you dive into these economic principles and the more you talk to people like uh matt mitchell that we've had on our podcast a couple times who uh, routinely comes on and makes me and Matt feel like dummies. Uh, you start to realize that this isn't this. <laughs> I left too much air in there. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, you paused. That's on you. I that was to. my fault. I set it I up. It was, uh, it was a slow ball. <laughs> but uh, what I'm getting at is, is we understand this too. When you have a free market, it takes away. I mean, think of any job you've ever had and you get this edict from corporate that comes down. And you're going, what 80-year-old obese, set in his ways dude who hasn't worked in this industry in 20 years that sits on a board somewhere a thousand miles away made this idiotic decision for me? And that's kind of how we see all of these interactions, that nobody has more information about your life and the right choice to make than you do as an individual. And that you at least have the opportunity, and of course, some of us are going to choose wrong. Uh, Some of us are going to choose wrong constantly. But we think that you have the best tools set aside in front of you in order to create what is the best uh, pursuit of happiness in your life, pursuit of wealth in your life. And I think more often than not, what you're going to see is that people are going to find their niche. They're going to understand that, I mean, maybe you, you aren't destined to be a millionaire for whatever reason, but you can still work within your own community, find where you fit, find a market where you can provide value. And in doing so, provide value for yourself as well as those in your community. 
And I think yeah. it tends to come down better that way. I mean, yeah, yeah. We've seen what the uh, states amalgamations of this are when they decide bottom uh, top down to to disperse the money. It uh, tends to go to friends and families first. I think what you're describing too is like, I mean, that's what that's what a true free market is, right? That, that's mm-hmm. that it's individuals making the making the decision to have a voluntary interaction with somebody else. That is the free market. Mm-hmm. Like people want to say the free market is, is an economic system, which at first and foremost it absolutely is. But I think that we would be, you know, uh, amiss to say that the free market extends to so much more. Like I, I think you could say, like it extends to relationships. It extends to uh, you know, business partnerships. It extends to, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many different things where you decide to voluntarily interact with somebody. To me, that is the free market, right? And that's, that's mm-hmm. like I said, it's a collection. It is individuals deciding to come together in a voluntary interaction. That's what the sovereignty network is. That's what the liberty movement is, is that we're all individuals that recognize each other's individualism. And yet we're have we have voluntarily decided to interact with one another and to build this movement. And dude, it's so cool because it kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about it, like how how grassroots this is. Like there this is a culture. Like if you look at like I didn't I didn't really like see it because you know before I created Liberty Uninterrupted, like I you know I, I had been I was involved with the Libertarian Party in my state and nationally. Um, I did you know volunteering for the Ron Paul campaign. Like I had done tons of reading, of course, and I was always in, like involved in some shape or form. But I didn't have a lot of friends that were like libertarian, like I was, or like were as involved. Like most people thought what I was doing and what I care about was boring, right? And so when I created Liberty Interrupted and made the Instagram and saw this like subsect of Instagram that is it is freaking viciously for liberty, dude. It's just like so exciting to see that like that. And Instagram is such a uh, a small like you know example because there's so many more people outside of social media that it, that it is. But it's just cool to see that like we that we have a culture. It is here, and so we just and we all embrace it. We're all a part of it, and it excites all of us. And for me, like I'll say it time again because that's what Liberty Uninterrupted, as I pivoted, is about. Is I want I want to expand the culture of liberty. Like that's what my goal is, right? And, and hoping that that will run downstream as everybody drinks that Kool Aid, they'll realize that they're free and they can do what they want. And then they'll, you know, they won't make pe- they won't make people drink their Kool Aid. They'll just all drink the the free Kool Aid and call it good, you know. That's so, some Kool Aid. That was a that's horrible some... analogy, but it works. So, <laughs> that's some I good Kool Aid. Freaking river of uh, a river of. <laughs> I haven't had Kool Aid in years, dude. So it's, you know, maybe for me, it'd be monster. It'd be like a river of like monster uh, zero, you know, what's it called? Zero. <laughs> Sipping it up, dude. But, it's a good way to shut down the kidneys. Someone, someone say something so I stop talking. Just someone say <laughs> I did have a thought that, uh, and this is something I've been toying around with in my own head, but, and it's, it's something that's frustrated, at least Matthew and I, I know to no end with the Libertarian Party in that oh, a big part of this, like you said, this is a culture. This is what we're driving here is not a political party. It's an ide- ideology. And I think that's a really important point to get across to people too, because we have two dominant political parties in this nation and they're just that neither one of them have a political ideology. They don't know how to organize society. They're kind of going at a whim. Uh, they, if they need to buy off a couple of votes by offering this or that, they're totally willing to do it, even if it's against their principles. And they're not really diving deep into, they have no guiding principle. They have no compass on the boat. They're just, out letting the waves take them where they want to. And I think that's how you really find the dangers of democracy because then you're uh, you're getting into the point of just like, let's see what the mob thinks today. 
Yeah, no, I, I a thousand percent agree. Sorry, go ahead, Matt. I, I have a point no. I'll just write now. Oh no, no, go go for it. Go for it. No, you're good, dude. You go. Oh, so just something, just uh, just some literature because I've been trying to expand how many books I'm reading into all of the different um, avenues and just stuff to really try to you know sharpen sharpen my mind and uh, get as you know as as encompassing as a read as I can. A book that I have ordered that I has not shown up yet is The Crowd from Gustav. Le Bon, maybe uh, if you if you Google the crowd and put Gustav, it will show up. But it but the whole premise of this book, as far as I've been told, um, because I only read the, the synopsis of it, is that this uh, he's a late 19th century psychologist who breaks down how individuals will behave different in a crowd. We all know that that is like the crowd, the crowd mentality is dangerous. That's where you get lynchings and stuff like that. And so that's, that was the original idea of against the mob that Logan and I wanted to push back against what the mob, the mob of statist culture is right now, because that's what they are. It's it's a very dangerous armed mob. And you know, it's one of those things that, all you have to do is look into history. It's uh, the mob is a powerful force, but it is also a dangerous force because it can go in there and it can lop off heads, and sometimes not for the right reasons. And then it's evolved like against the mob has evolved from yes, we're pushing back against the mob of the people who are pushing for statism, but we're also pushing back against the mob that is the federal mafioso, for lack of a better term. And so I picture us partnering with Jamie, and here we are trying to just like push these two forces aside and create and carve out this beautiful culture that is liberty. Yeah, I love that, dude. I think I think you nailed that. that was, you need to write a poem and that's that's what it needs <laughs> to say. But I uh, no, I I think I I, th- I want to reemphasize that like this isn't like this isn't like an official like a, you know liberty uninterrupted and against the mob have this network and like we're like in charge of all these podcasts that joined. We literally just created this organization that is a volunteer organization that if you want to be, if you want to associate with people that adhere to the non-aggression principle, that adhere to the principle of consent and volunteers of libertarianism, you know, individualism, and you want help in growing whatever you're doing to progress the liberty movement, that's what this is. It is simply, it's like a club. It's a basically a club for creators to, you know, I'm saying it's an awesome club. To, it's a, like a club for creators to expand their reach, number one, to get the help they need to do so, but also just to band together as people that all have the same common purpose, and that's to progress the non-aggression principle and the ideas of individual liberty. I do want to say that I wrote, I wrote this down, so I don't want to forget talking about it, where, you know, uh, you know, Logan, you talked about how, you know, the culture and everything like that is, is like the most important thing we can win, right? And in the frustrations with the Libertarian Party itself. And I actually just met with the Libertarian Party state chair of the state that I live in. And uh, it's and I'm, I'm very good friends with her. She's awesome. Like, she's a really, really good person. And I sat down with him and was talking about because I am a member of my Libertarian Party in my state. But I look at it as kind of like this. I look at it as a voluntary interaction where I, they know, like, I'm not there to push politicians. I'm not there to push candidates. I am there. I, and I just met with him again. I said, I want to win the culture in our state, especially in my community, because I kind of head the operations of my community. I said, I'm not going to talk about candidates. I'm not going to talk about the national party. I'm literally going to talk about our ideas. And if that's not like cool, then that's fine. But that's what I want to do, because I believe it's so much more important than talking about, 
you know, John Deere who's running for city council. Like, I just don't like, mm -hmm. I, I just don't think that's nearly as important as winning the hearts and minds of people to the, to the idea of Liberty. Oh, you're yeah. exactly right. That's, that's why I was uh, circling and not hitting the, the head on earlier is these other sides, they don't have that. That's our strength as libertarians, that we have a succinct, more uh, thought out moral principle in life. That is the non-aggression principle and, and uh, uh, voluntarianism. And that these other sides don't have anything to lean on. They're just out there pushing their team and saying, hey, we deserve to be the kings this four years. Don't you think we should run this country? Uh, and, and I think that's exactly like you're saying. That's why it's important is that we need to be out there. It's great if we get a Ron Paul to run this country. I think it would do great things. But if you're running under the guise of look at all these great things the Libertarian Party did, and then the Libertarian Party becomes absolutely not for liberty, then what's the point of all this? Then we're just back to square one where we now have two different political parties running the show. And we've done that a lot. There's been political parties change in America. At some point, the Democrats or Republicans are going to fall apart and there's going to be some other political party take up. And hopefully by then we've spread this message wide enough that we can uh, not just fall back into the same dichotomy of uh, which color do you prefer the deep state to wear? Hearts and minds, that's what we're after. And when that breaks down and they show up on our doorstep, it's the best two places to shoot people. <laughs> that's it wow that was good no i uh I, you saying that logan reminded me of you know one of my new favorite books neither bullets nor ballots which i've read like eight times now but uh i think you turned us on to that that was a great read mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's phenomenal dude. it's super short too like if you're watching on youtube it is like or you know on the podcast format i think it doesn't even have page numbers because it's so short dude i think it's like 100 pages maybe you know what i'm saying but uh, in this, in the very first essay, which was like one of my favorites, because it's like a fake conversation this guy has with himself, right? He mm -hmm. talks about, uh, I'm trying to find the quote. Uh, I'm not going to be able to find it. Where basically just says, should we change the anti-political libertarian is running? And he said, should we change the, the you know, the, the saying that, you know, power corrupts unless you're libertarian? Because he's like, that's right. not true, right? Like, it's, <laughs> that's my thing is like, it's I sh would I be pumped if Ron Paul became president a thousand percent? I would like I'd be I would be ecstatic because I'm like if we're gonna have a president, I want it to be Ron Paul, right? Like at the end of the day, that's how I feel about it. And I right. wish and who and if there's gonna be another Ron Paul somewhere down the road, like you know, if we're gonna have a president, like I would I would I would want it to be him. But do I want a president at all? No. Do I want a master at all? No, I don't. And that's the thing is that right. when you talk about the Libertarian Party, you talk about. In politics, the biggest reason that I have subscribed to volunteerism and that's and why I'm pushing that now in Liberty Uninterrupted as much as I can, or at least trying to educate people on that, is that, uh, you know, power corrupts no matter who you are, no matter what, no matter what party you're with, no matter what your quote unquote principles are. You know, there's very few people in the history of the world that power didn't corrupt. And those people are, mm -hmm. are phenomenal people. But, you know, and I'm telling you right now, best, you get one lifetime. Right, exactly. And it's just like in you, but I don't see anybody, zero people that are in the political spectrum today on the national level and even on the state level that would that power at some level would not corrupt some principle that they have. Right. And, and most of them would corrupt all their principles and if they even have principles in the first place. Let me go ahead and say that. Uh, you're absolutely so, right. I always uh, use my don't. when I used to manage restaurants <laughs> and uh, we had this sweet little girl who was uh, coming up. We wanted to give her some more authority in the restaurant. So we bumped her up to a supervisor, which is essentially like you make another dollar fifty an hour now and you get to boss around the other people. 
Uh-oh. And you take these these Uh-oh. meek, meager, soft-spoken little girl and give her that kind of authority. And within a week, we had to like rein her in and be like, "What are you doing? You <laughs> you don't get to just come in here and start swinging the big dick around." Uh, and I think that's what a really important part to to when it comes to converting people because there's so many people who've never conceived the idea of living without the state. It's such a foreign concept to get rid of the state. And I think that's exactly the argument. The argument is not all states are inherently evil. The argument's not that states can't do some good. They do have the capacity to do good things. And I'm sure if I dug hard enough, I could find one or two things that America's done that are pretty good, you know? But for the most part... Well, I think if you look at America's a nation, yeah, you can't find that. But I think if you look at the state itself, right, like, you know, good luck, but yeah, sure. (laughs) Right. Good luck digging it out. And that's kind of exactly the point. I'm not telling you that it is impossible for a state to be good or to do good. I'm telling you that human nature does not lend to that being the probability outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things that we can keep in mind is that as we, because, you know, trying to keep it on the focus of why we are doing this, we want to get, empower everybody to find the power within themselves that they are a sovereign person and that if we can get enough people with that power and who walk forward in that belief, then that is actually a very effective counterforce to the state. And I'm a firm believer that um, this this whole idea of the liberty movement and our role in the sovereignty network and then our role in in our individual roles with our separate podcast is to try to get the ideas out there. Because back to the whole matrix thing, right? It's like you're not given the choice to take a red or blue pill until you start to seek out that information. Morpheus does not show up on everybody's doorstep every morning. Neo has to Neo has to initiate the the search for what he sees as truth or whatever, just something else. And that's what we want to do. When people initiate that search, we want to be here to show them that there is a way better way. There's a far better way than choosing the state. That we can that you can move forward in individual liberties and personal responsibilities and private property and all of that 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 entails, right? Because it's such a bigger encompass of just like this is my little plot of land, right? It's like when I say private property, it's like you own yourself. Therefore, the fruits of your labor are yours. And it is immoral and it is illegal for anybody to come and take that. And so I'm just a big believer that the like moving forward, like laser focused, we're here to try to try to win the culture war. And here we are, ground zero. I gotta I gotta say this before I forget. I had somebody comment on a on a post. I was talking about, you know, uh, government didn't create life, liberty, and property. Like, it existed before, you know, the state. And somebody posted, you guys might have seen it. Somebody posted on a comment on the post that said, uh, not, there is a socialist <laughs> provider said, not chief, property is a construct. And I was like, I responded, I responded, imagine a world where you own nothing and everything. And our hat. And I I put like a rainbow. I just said property and it's made me think about that. But no, I I agree a thousand percent, man. Like this is our our purpose in this is winning the culture against the state. Because right now, I don't think it's the right. First of all, the right is not winning the culture war. It's the left. It's the extremely progressive left that is winning the culture war. But there have been times in our history that the right was winning the culture war. You you look at like 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, at least within you know, my lifetime, in, you guys even, are a little younger. Yeah. Well, yeah, eighties, 90s, right? Like the right was definitely mm-hmm. winning, and the, and but now it's a far left. I'm like, we need to find, 
we, there's been there's been split moments. It's so interesting to me that there's been split moments in America's history, especially obviously early, early on, and then some kind of sprinkle throughout where where we have embraced the culture of liberty. Like that's I want to like our for our liberty, right? But it's only when we're pushed to the edge, and it's so interesting. Like you, I, I had this thought last night when I was driving, uh, and I was listening to uh, I was listening to the Ron Paul Liberty Report, and I and I was just listening to you know him and his co-host talking about something, and the thought came to my mind that like you can't wait until there's no more ground to give. Like you can't wait till your back is against the wall to embrace liberty, and that's what we have seen. At least that's what it seems like it's, it's been that every single time that people embrace liberty, it's worked because they have nowhere else to go and they realize that's the only path forward. But the thing we have to realize is that it's, that's always the logical path. That's always the best path. And we have mm-hmm. to embrace that now. We can't embrace that when we have literally nothing else to give. And that's what I think the Sovereignty Network is about is helping, like, once again, helping those creators and, 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 and you know, podcasts, blogs, whatever come together so we can start pushing and, and not even pushing. I, I don't, I don't like that word, but start, you know, engaging in the thought of winning the culture yeah. of Liberty, providing the better ideas. hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. It's because yeah, that's it. Like revolutions start with ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like they, I mean, sure. Like you look, it, most of them end in, in bloodshed, but they all begin with ideas. And my hope is that we can begin with an idea and we can, and we can fight with an idea, you know? So I had this quote when you said that that came up, and uh, it says, I believe in one thing, liberty, but I do not believe in liberty enough to want to force it upon anyone else. Oh, uh, that's like, good. How, how beautiful. Yeah. That's, Who was that's that? Minkin. Minkin? H.L. Minkin? Oh. Minchin? I don't know how yeah, to yeah. He's a name. quote machine, dude. Minkin? <laughs> he is, is dude. Like, he's like, I, th- I don't know, dude. I, I've, he's one of the few people I haven't really read, So, but he's got he's got a lot of good quotes. That's true, man. Uh, everything I, I love that it's it's one of those things that we're not here to push on you. We're just here to invite, and that's what the sovereignty network is. But I I do want to say this. I think we're kind of wrapping this thing up. But uh, um, well, we want to invite you guys. Like, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you want to start a blog, you want to start a podcast, a YouTube channel, like I don't know, freaking, if you want to start an Etsy account where you design Liberty Gear, or like or like you know knickknacks or whatever, dude. Just like if you haven't hit- seen a logo on Against the Mob, uh, Matt made it so we could use a designer. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we uh, <laughs> we can. Uh, yeah, Matt told me yesterday he's not a good at designing, so it seems like that was a bad idea from the get go. Well, but, you uh, should see if you think I'm bad, you should see what Logan does. <laughs> well, Logan's got like a smiley face on like a sticky note, dude. He's like, Well, say I got a I got my mob. coloring pad here. Let me show you some horses I made. <laughs> <laughs> this is my this is my liger. It's like a it's an extra channel line and a tiger. Uh, but uh, it's for Napoleon Dynamite. But uh if you guys anyways, if you guys if you guys want to join the sovereignty network, like you are more than welcome to come and talk to us, and and literally anybody, anybody is, is we're okay with voluntary interacting with you as long as you adhere to that non-aggression principle and your mission and whatever you're doing is to progress the liberty movement. And that doesn't mean you have to constantly talk about like you could have like a cooking channel on YouTube, but like you with an undertone of liberty somehow. I don't know how you pull that off, but that's what you want to do. That's fine, but we. We need to win the culture or we need to understand that that's our common cause is embracing the non-aggression principle and the cause of liberty. Absolutely. I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if you guys have anything in closing. You know, I was just going to say the exact opposite. If you think we're all morons, uh, come give us some pushback. I'm trying, you know, we, we were serious about this. We want to sharpen our own arguments and 
Uh, if you got something I don't have an answer for, I'd like it to be presented to me uh, as soon as possible so I can remedy that situation. You speak for yourself. All right, Matt, what's up, man? What do you guys? <laughs> I, I got nothing now. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever, um, Logan. No, all right, so we're, <laughs> yeah, no, think, um, we're, we're really excited about this, guys. This is an open invitation to partner with anybody that is, um, but you know, so I will say that there's like the sovereignty network, there's the mutual right of rejection, um, so to speak, that you know, you have the choice to work with us and we will have the choice to work with you. But if you are interested in progressing, the ideas of liberty if you're interested in getting the trenches and however you want to fight the battle come talk to us we're open we need all the allies that we can get because the state apparatus is alive and well and is growing every day so the sooner that we can start getting so the sooner that we can start um making a an, an effective i don't want to say collective an effective tribe to start to push back against the state then the better off we're going to be yeah, and I think I want to say something real fast so that volunteer interaction is two way. There has to be two consenting parties, right? That's kind of what you talked about mm -hmm. was make that evident and clear. Like if you're if you're not for the non-aggression principle, if you're not for you know progressing the the liberty movement, or if you're you know whatever it may be, like you're more than welcome to. Work, I still want to be friends with you. Still want to talk. To you still want to discuss ideas. But when it comes to the sovereignty network, like we have to understand that this is progressing liberty like that's that it has to be a two-way consent so uh, i'm not scared to you know to say that out loud but uh you know come and talk to us man but once again guys i, I want to thank uh you know matt and logan for joining me on this for partnering up man i'm, I'm really excited i just want to say i'm very excited to work with y'all and, and to grow this and to be the flagship uh you know podcast and creators for yes, this sir. movement and, and see where we can take it man so yeah, absolutely, man. We're pumped about it. We uh, couldn't believe our fortune to just happen to be kind of finding our own momentum at the same time you were. And, and uh, I remember the early days of kind of discussing and trying to get our first podcast out. And and Matt just kept bringing up this guy, Jamie Kane, that we're going to be working with at some point in the future. I just feel like this guy's got his head on straight. So it's good to get it going, man. I'm pumped about it. Yeah, no, I, I am too. And I'm excited to see who else joins us, man. We got to, I know for Liberty Uninterrupted, I talked to Matt about this a little bit. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming down the line. I, I'm sure y'all do too. And so uh, we're just, the Liberty movement will progress. We're taking the white pill now, or at least it's not the white powder. I guess it could be the white powder, but I don't. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to crush up the white pill and snort it, that's your prerogative. That's, 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 that's none of my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard it brings on the feeling. I need this optimism, dude, so bad. <laughs> 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 gotta, gotta get that optimism. Dude, so I, I just want to shout out Michael Malice, Governor's the Gitmo. Go check out his stuff. Go check out Jamie's store. Um, we don't have a store. We'll get there one day. But uh, yeah, Matt Billingsley, Logan Carpenter, each one half against the mob. My name is Jamie Kane, the host and founder of Liberty Uninterrupted. You guys, remember that uh, we the people run this, but most of all today that uh, we are the Sovereignty Network, and this is for liberty.